Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Let's read the text. I'm reading from King James Version. First Peter chapter 1. I'll read from verse 1 to 6. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercies has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last Last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing. Of Jesus Christ, let's add the verse 8. Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. Hallelujah. Well, I spoke about how we have been elected, and our election was beforehand. According to the foreknowledge of God, Acts chapter 2, verse 23, talks about the, the foreknowledge of God. This is Peter, the first preaching of the church started with that statement. Verse 20, Acts 2.23 says that, Him being delivered by the determined counsel and the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Jesus Christ was, was delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge. God knew about it. He planned it. It was in line with God's purpose. Now, here in, in Peter, it says we are elected. What was the grounds for our elections? The ground for our election was the foreknowledge of God the Father. He set, as I said in the previous teaching, he set his love on us. He foreknew us. Not just that. It was his, within his actual plan. He knows how everything, known unto God, are all his works from the foundation of the earth. Acts. Known unto God are all his works from the foundation of the earth. Is it chapter 15, verse 18? <laughs> One of it. Okay. So, um, known unto God are all his works from the foundation of the earth. God knows what he will do. And so, our election was predetermined by God. It was God's predetermination, God's counsel. It's, it was part, it's part of his eternal counsel. He chose us, as I read in the previous teaching, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, how he has chosen us 
according to the full knowledge of God. Before the foundation of the earth, before everything started, we had, we have been um, chosen uh, for those he foreknew. He also predestined in Romans eight twenty nine, and then Second Thessalonians chapter two verse verse thirteen. Because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. From the beginning, our, our being chosen was way before we showed up, way before it manifested. There are things that are hid in God that manifest within time. Yeah, it's always hid. In fact, it, in the book, I think in Titus, let me just show you something. In Titus chapter 1, very interesting text. Paul is seven a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness in hope of eternal life, watch this, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. When did he promise eternal life? Before the world began. He, could, he can't lie. He promised before the world began, but watch this, but has in due time, time, God works with time on earth, <laughs> has in due time manifested his word through preaching. He has manifested his word. He has manifested the promise which before the world, the world began. As we preach, it creates the platform for God to manifest what he promised before the world began. He promised. It was something he has spoken into existence and it shall be. So that is how we became chosen. We were chosen in God before the world began. Chosen in Christ before the world began. As I, I read the other time to Acts, sorry, First Peter chapter 1 verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Watch this, verse 20. Verse 20. Who verily was foreordained is a, a direct connection between who, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Verse 20, Christ was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested these last times for you. So that the things that you have been brought into to enjoy didn't start just yesterday, last year, last year. I, 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 no, no, I, no, I know you got born again last three years. I know. He just got born again. But, you know, your being appointed and elected didn't start when you were ready to be born again. It started way before. So as I said in the previous teaching, there are people who are walking around who are chosen, but still are living in sin, but chosen. So, Pastor, how do they get to know? That's why we preach. It manifests through preaching. But how do you know who is not chosen? No, I don't know. Nobody knows who is not chosen. Nobody knows who is not chosen. So how shall we know who is chosen? When we preach, they receive it. Are there people who have who are trying to receive, but they can't receive because they are not chosen? If you are chosen, God will give you the willingness to receive. That's where I'm going today. The willingness to embrace the message of the cross. Watch this. 
elected according to chapter verse 2, chapter 1, verse 2. Elected according to the foreknowledge of God. Let me read from uh, different translations. This the New American Standard Version. It says that chosen, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanct- sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. That's very important. Right. Let me read it again. Uh, the, the verse 2 starts earlier in the part of verse 1. Who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. How are we chosen? According to the foreknowledge of God. Don't forget the verse 20. For, uh, verse 20, chapter 1, verse 20 says that for he was f- foreknown. That's talking about Christ. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world. See that foreknown. We have been chosen in Christ before and Christ was also foreknown, forechosen. God set his his purpose on him, his love on him. God foreplanned according to the foreknowledge of God. He was crucified because that's the plan of God. Christ's death is not plan B, it's plan A. And it's the only plan God has had. <laughs> before Adam fell, Christ was already has been chosen. <laughs> Pastor, that, that is interesting. Yeah, that's why great is the mystery of godliness. But um, so it says that according to the foreknowledge of God, verse 2, of God the Father, by the instrumental course for our redemption, it didn't start with our decision. You don't get saved with uh, it. Being saved does not start with your decision, it starts with. By, watch this. <laughs> it starts by the sanctifying work of, oh, hallelujah. The sanctifying work of the Spirit. The sanctifying work of the Spirit. King James says that um, according to the foreknowledge of, of, of God, through the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit. Um, let's look at the Amplified. Then we will look at the NIV. And then maybe we can look also at the English Standard Version. It's nice to just look at different, different versions, you know. Let's, let's indulge ourselves in Scripture. Let the Bible speak. Hallelujah! Praise God. Um, who were cho- Amplified. Who were chosen and foreknown by God the Father and consecrated, which is sanctified, made holy. Very important. Sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ. You were sanctified to be obedient. So before you could obey, I, (laughs) before I could say yes to the Lord, Before I could choose to obey, something has to work in me. There must be a a, a, a material cause. Something has to cause my willingness, which is called the sanctifying work of the spirit. The sanctifying work. It It is God who is at work in you. Philippians chapter two. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Some translation puts it this way. Love that translation. For it is God who works in you 
to produce the willing and doing, the willing and the doing. So God produces two things in you. The willing first and the doing of his good pleasure. The good pleasure of God. Anytime you do something to according to God's pleasurable standard, it's not from you because you don't have it in you. You don't, I don't have it in, no human being has it in himself to be able to do what to please God. That's why Jesus said, why do you call me good? In the book of Luke, I think chapter 18 and Matthew chapter 19, the rich young ruler came to him and said, good master, what master? I said, why do you call me good? No man is good except God. There's nothing in you that will make you good enough to be able to meet the standard, the, the standards of God's good pleasure. Let me repeat it. There is nothing in you good enough to make you beat the pleasurable standards of God's or the standard of God's pleasurable goodwill. There's nothing in us. So it must be God who works in us. He's, he works that thing in us. So that's why that's why I'm saying that when you become born again, you have already been chosen. There are people who are walking around, they have been chosen, they don't know. And we don't even know. How do you find out? We keep preaching. But the, and it, it's made manifest. The promise is made manifest by preaching. As we preach, as we preach, the Holy Spirit takes our preaching and then through the word spoken, sanctifies somebody's heart unto obedience. <laughs> and then he says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to. I need you, Jesus. No, no, no. It didn't start from your mind. You can't get born again from your mind, please. Please. We don't get born again from our minds. Born again is a miraculous work from our spirits or within our spirits. It's a supernatural work. Being born again is a supernatural work. Verse 3, it says, verse 3 of uh, uh, the, the first Peter 1, it talks about how we, he, who has, blessed be God, who has begotten us. God has, hey, yeah. he has begotten us. It's a miraculous work. You can't, how can someone give birth to himself? No one gets involved in what or contributes to their birth. <laughs> There's no human being who can ever contribute to their birth. You didn't, you didn't play a role in your being born. What makes you think you can play a role in your being born again? Birth means that the one who is born does not play a role in his being born. Hmm. So you're born again. It's a supernatural work. I'm going to go down in a minute. But it says that by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Let's look at New English. This is New NSV. English Standard Version. Let's start from verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles, <laughs> elect exiles of the dis dispersion. So they are elect and they are exiles. The elect exiles. Yeah, that, 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 that is the reason behind the previous title of the message, the, the message of the previous, the title of the previous message. Yeah. The elect exiles, the chosen aliens, the chosen migrants, the elected migrants, the elected aliens, the elected strangers, the elected sojourners. Here it says that um, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, 
in the sanctification of the spirit. In the sanctification. So it takes the work, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to bring to pass. Now let's look at the New International Version. NIV puts it this way. I read from verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Watch, I like this one, you know. Through the sanctifying work, just like the New American Standard Version, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. It's been chosen by God the Father, chosen according, the chosen is on the grounds, on the basis, according to the sanctified, sorry, the foreknowledge of God through, you see, so it's the foreknowledge of God that starts everything and it gets actualized through, in time, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Unto to obedience of Jesus Christ. Before you could say yes to Jesus, something supernatural must be working in your heart. That's what it is. That's what it is. So nobody gets, gets up to be born again like that. You don't just get up, okay, today I'm born again. No. He gives you the born again desire. <laughs> So the, what this, this is what it means. The, through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit sparks something, drops it into your heart. And this is all a function of the uh, preaching of God's word. That's why preaching is so important. Let me finish the Amplified. I like the Amplified. Who were chosen and, uh, chosen and foreknown by God the Father and, and consecrated or sanctified, made holy by the, by the Spirit to oh, to, to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with his blood. May grace, spiritual blessings, and peace be upon you. I'll continue. All right, so it says that, that there's, there's a lot packed in this. I'm just trying to take my time to unpack it. I'm enjoying this. I pray you're learning something, though. So he says that we have been chosen by the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. So that you can, what God has planned in eternity past can never materialize outside of the Holy Spirit. As I said in the two messages ago, that you see the Trinity right from the beginning. The Trinity appears. God the Father, God the Spirit, and then God the Son. In one verse, verse two, the Father has made a appearance there. The Spirit has made an appearance there. And Jesus Christ has made an appearance there. They always work together. They always work together. I remember the, the, the Latin word I taught you. It was a principle. Okay, it is the uh, opera trinitatis ad extra indivisa sunt. Opera trinitatis ad extra indivisa sunt. That means that the, the outward operations of the Holy Spirit or the operations of the Trinity in the world, it's not divisible. 
You can't say this one is the only the Holy Spirit is doing it. Jesus is also doing something different. No, when there is the Holy Spirit doing it, it's the same as Jesus is doing it. The Father is doing it. When is the Father has work? That's why anytime here, the Jesus said, uh, the true worshippers shall worship the Father. As soon as you hear that word Father, you are talking about the Trinity, and so that means shall worship the Spirit, shall worship the Son. Opera, opera, Trinitatis, ad extra, in divisa sunte. <laughs> you cannot divide them. You cannot say this one is not the Holy. This is the Holy Spirit. It's not Jesus, and Jesus is working here. No, you can't divide any. They work together. Opera Trinitatis ad extra in divisa sunte. So the you see the Trinitarian formula right from the beginning, right from the beginning of the every practically every book of the bible sorry all the epistles you see them bringing because the trinity is for the economy working god working himself into humanity working himself into man the angels haven't still understood it they they just think you know we we we, we have um uh, angelic observers they are angelic observers they are just watching wow wow whatever they look at you the way you used to be a fornicator Hey, you. <laughs> the way you used to be a, a thief. <laughs> the way you used to be hateful. And look at that way. You are so pure in your heart. You, you, you I mean, you were a go-go dancer. <laughs> look, now you are so a holy preacher. Hey, you a drug dealer. I mean, a fraudulent person. Bad person, you were the biggest problem of your school where you were growing up. You were the biggest problem that or you were the biggest challenge that has ever happened to your entire family, as by virtue of a, a be, be, behavior. Now, now look at you. You are so meek and mild, so gentle, so pure in heart, so sweet to deal with. A, a wonderful husband like you, a wonderful wife like you. How did this happen? It is the workings of the Holy Spirit. God worked himself into you and angels never saw this happen, coming. They didn't see it coming. And they watch, Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, that one you read that one, you find out that they are angelic observers, verse 10, 11 and 12. As he said, which the angels desire to look into. They desire to, oh wow, wow, wow. Look at this, this thief. Look at this fornicator. Look at this arrogant uh, criminal. Today is a powerful preacher. He's a powerful praise and worship leader. He's a wonderful church musician. He's a wonderful uh, uh, head of ashes. You! It's like, ha! And just watch it and it's so beautiful. You are such the, the uh, jewel in the crown of God's work. You, yes. Your life, your life, your life brings glory to God because of what God has done in your life. Hallelujah. Well, so we see the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together. So back to the, our text, it says that um, um, the elect, elect according or chosen according to the foreknowledge of God through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Now let's take the word sanctification. 
the work sanctification. The word that was trans- translated sanctif- sanctifying. Let me read it again and then I'll, I'll take it from there. Um, elect according to the foreknowledge of, of God the Father through the san- through sanctification of the Spirit. The Spirit of God sanctifies you. It consecrates you. The word translated sanctification uh, sounds something like this. Hagiosmos. Uh, uh, the Greek word is hagiasmos, hagiasmos, okay, hagiasmos. Hagia is holy. Numa is spirit. So Holy Spirit is hagios, hagios numa. So hagiosmos, holy, holified, being holified, being sanctified. Yeah, that's another, holified, sanctified, purified, set apart. Now, this leads me to talk about the positional sanctification and dispositional sanctification. Now, the positional sanctification is where you become sanctified by virtue of proximity. So in Matthew chapter, I think, 23, yeah, verse 17 and 19. In Matthew chapter, um, yeah, let's look at it. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 17 and 19. Let me just read something for you to see. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 20, it says that you fools and blind, this is Jesus talking, okay? You fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. The gold being on the temple ends up being sanctified by the temple. The temple is so holy, the gold coming on the, so the gold on the temple is a sanctified gold. It's purified because these are holy things. So he said, which, ones, which, is, which one is more important? Is it the gold that you are focusing on? On or the uh, is, I think there was this story about the golden goose, the goose which laid go, golden egg. You kill the goose, you get the golden eggs again. So the goose are the goose. The the the, the goose is more important than the egg, golden eggs. Don't focus on the golden eggs. Something was coming, and then you saved the golden eggs and lost the goose. It's but it says that the it is the temple. Okay. Or the altar. Let me read it, verse 17. It says that um, whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold. Now, you see that word sanctified. Yeah, the gold gets sanctified. By virtue of being there, it is a unique gold that has been placed around the altar or placed in the temple for holy and righteous purposes. Because of that, that gold is not the same as all other gold because it has been sanctified. Another word for sanctified is set apart, set aside. Said no one should touch. You can have all this, but don't touch this. So the same way, the gold has been set apart so no one tempers with it. Okay, now watch, look at verse 19. Verse 19 says that, You fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. So it says that when the gift is brought to the altar, because it has been presented at the altar, the, the, the honor on the altar automatically places honor on the gift. Whatever is on the altar. That is, he's using the word sanctified. That's what I want to draw your attention to. The, the sanctification the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Now, when you look at um, first, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, I want to show you something about this positional. By virtue of its position, something is happening to it. Um, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, it says that um, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, 
which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every watch this, for every creature of God is good, nothing to be uh, nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. What, verse five, for it is is this the word there? For it is sanctified by the word of God. It's talking about food. The food is sanctified by the word of it doesn't mean the food is a holy food, but it has been purified for our use. So sanctification in that sense means that being set apart. Now, when you are born again, you have been set apart for God. That's why it says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. A holy nation. That means you guys have been set apart by God. It says that, okay, um, this is what I've set aside for myself. Every other thing can be used, but this I've set. These people have set them aside for myself. We are, we are a set aside people. Hallelujah. So that is positional sanctification. But when you look at this text, watch this. It says that through the sanctification of the spirit, we have been chosen by God, by the foreknowledge of God, through the sanctification of the spirit. So that means that this is not just positional. Uh, this is not positional. By faith of the fact that we have the spirit, we are set apart. That part of our Christian work. But this is actually the a, a dispositional type of um, sanctification. I'll explain it with scriptural text. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 19 and 22. Romans chapter 6, 19 and 22. After we read it, I will be able to explain it, what I mean by dispositional. Romans chapter 6, verse 19 says that, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so yield your members, Servants to righteousness unto holiness. That Greek word translated holiness is the hagiosmos. Hagiosmos. Same word. Sanct- so unto holiness translation might use unto sanctification. Actually translation use some translation use unto sanctification. Okay. Let me read New King James. Romans chapter 6 verse 19. It says that I speak uh, okay. Um, let me just cut you there. So now present your members are slaves of righteousness for holiness. Amplified. <laughs> we are doing Bible studies. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Um, 19c. Okay. Yeah. It says, so now yield your bodily members and faculties once for all as servants to righteousness. All right, being and doing, which leads to sanctification. You see the word sanctification has appeared. Holiness, hagiosmos, sanctification. So it says, and look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, but now since you have been set free from sin and have become the slaves of God, you have, uh, you have, your, uh, you have your present reward in holiness and is eternal life. You have your present reward in holiness in sanctification. So it is now this sanctification. Let me just go. This sanctification is not talking about the fact that you are set apart for God, but it's more about something. Watch this. You are you are inclined, disposed. This sanctification is when the Holy Spirit 
works something into you. Watch this. He does something to you and it changes your disposition. You are inclined. You are disposed in a certain way. You are co- Something has been constituted in you that makes you react in a certain way. That it kind of is not programming of the mind, but it's, it has affected your uh, operating system, which is your heart condition. Something has been changed in you by God spewing himself, working himself, in, let me use the word, injecting a bit of himself into you. through That's the, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. So something has been, has been triggered inside you that makes you bend towards the things of, oh, I feel, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm teaching. See, something has been worked by God inside you and that thing that has been worked by God inside you produces a certain doing. You behave in a, it makes you want to behave in a certain way. It makes you want to do things in a certain way. That is what we call the dispositional sanctification, which is you are disposed a certain way because something has happened to you on the inside. It's not cosmetic. It's not external. It's not surfacial. It is intrinsic. It is internal. It is from your inner man. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 that you, the spirit of God, God, they said that, uh, by his spirit, will strengthen, God will strengthen the Father, will strengthen you by his spirit into your inner man, from your inner man, in your inner man. Something is working on your inner man. That is why he says that the spirit of God himself bears witness with our spirit. But we are, it is an internal affair. So, watch this. Let me, I think, let me show you one or two scriptures, then I'll, 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 I'll just add. In Romans chapter um, 6, 15, Romans 15, 16, see, Romans 15, 16, easy to remember, 15, 16, 15, 16, 15, 16. It says that, um, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be, might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now, this sanctification is not the positional sanctification that you are you just you have been set aside. No, this sanctification is something has been injected into you and it's making you um, react in a certain in a certain way. First Corinthians chapter six verse verse eleven. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified. But he are justified. See, washed, sanctified. Hagiosmos. Something has happened to you. You used to be, let me read from verse 9. Are you sure you are? Yeah, okay, let's go. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor uh, revilers, nor extortionists shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. So what happened? You were a fornicator. You were an abuser. You were a thief. You were covetous. You were a reviler. You were extortioner. Some of you were drunkard, um, idolater, adulterer. We were something like that. 
We were all like that. This is not strange for humanity. We were all like that. He says, such were some of you. But, watch this, but you have been, uh, but ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Sanctified? Something has sparked a certain new inclination in you. New disposition in you. What changed it? Because originally you were not like that. Originally, you were not that way inclined. But after you became born again, you have been you have been inclined a certain way. You like church so much. You like listening to the word of God. You like joining people pray. You like fellowship. What, what happened? That is what it called the. That's what it's called the the uh, posi- dispositional sanctification. God worked something into you, and it 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 gave you a certain disposition unto holiness, hagiosmos. It gave you a disposition to want to do things in a certain way that honors God, that glorifies God. First Thessalonians chapter four verse seven. First Thessalonians for God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Now, this is not like is that you can't behave wrong. You have to behave right. You can't behave anyhow as a Christian. Oh, but it doesn't matter. Grace has covered me. No, grace is not licensed to misbehave. Grace, grace, grace is, is different. I'll go into that in the subsequent teachings. Grace is, is, is not um grace, anything at all, anything at all goes. No. You see, so he uh, said, you, 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 let me read it again. You have been, uh, God has called you unto, uh, uh, has not called you unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. You have been called into certain behavior, into, and that is the, you have the, it's already inside you. That's what I'm talking about. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Again, we read it earlier on. It says that, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. Brethren, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because, watch this, why? Because God has, from the beginning, chosen you to salvation. How? Through the sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. See, the word of truth, the teaching of the truth. That's why pastors must give themselves to rightly dividing the word of truth. Teach the word of truth. Teach it, pastor. That is what allows the sanctification work of the Holy Spirit to be effected in somebody's life. Without the word of truth, it, the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with. The word comes to people and then the Holy Spirit works with the word. Hallelujah. So it says that we have been chosen through the sanctification of the Spirit. We are chosen before the foundation of the earth where, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. You have been chosen to salvation. So elected to salvation, appointed to salvation, chosen to salvation through the instrumental course. The instrumental course of your salvation is through the sanctification of the Spirit. So coming back to Ephesians, sorry, Philippi, uh, verse 15, chapter 1, verse 2, it says that elected according to the foreknowledge of the Father, of God the Father, through the sanctification, it was always a certain work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like he, he injects something into you. After it has been injected into you, suddenly you hear the gospel. You hear the gospel. Something, the Holy Spirit works something to you before you even become born again. Before you then, it says in Romans chapter um, 10, verse 9 and 10, it says that for if you shall believe with your heart that Christ died for our sins and then confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. So it takes, how do you get saved? By believing and confessing. 
Okay. Believing and confessing. That if she shall confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So you have to believe in your heart and confess and you, sh- you shall be saved. But so saving faith, watch, I'm teaching something very important. Saving faith has to do with believing in Jesus, accepting what he has done for you and putting your trust in him. That is tantamount or equals to obeying Christ, to the obedience of Christ, obeying him to be saved. You obey that, yes, you are my Lord and my savior. You died for me and I'm going to serve you with my life. That obedience, it is initiated by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. To, so let me read it again. First Peter chapter one. Thank you, Jesus. First Peter chapter, chapter one, verse two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying of the Spirit, Unto obedience. Did you see that? So the Spirit of God sanctifies you unto obedience. The Spirit of God sanctifies you. May God sanctify us unto further obedience. May the Holy Spirit sanctify us. May He create the inclination, the direction, the desire, the desire through His Word, the inclination, the bent. You are, you are, you are. You have a particular bent to do things in a certain way. May the Holy Spirit generate more of that in us. So, Bible says that through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, the one I read from the New American Standard Version, let me read again, um, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to obey Jesus by the work, so you obey Jesus, not to only obey Jesus to obey Jesus and to be sprinkled with blood. Wow. That's deep. So, unto obedience of Jesus Christ, King James says that unto obedience, unto obedience, unto obedience and sprinkle with the blood of Jesus Christ. Suddenly, Peter drops in a very important terminology that is only uh, common to the Jews which is the sprinkling of the blood. Blood matters. There's a difference between the blood of the, the blood the Jews use and the blood we use. Now, let me read something in Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. I think I'll read just the verse. Let's read the verse 3. And then I'll go to verse 6. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, all the words of the Lord, and all the judgment, and all sorry, and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. God has said something we will do. His law and our obedience. We were going to obey. What verse 6? And Moses took half of the blood. And I think it just makes sense. Let me just read from verse 4. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men, young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrifice, sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. Verse 6. And Moses, Moses took half of the blood and put it uh, put it in basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar 
Watch, this is very important. And he took the book of the covenant and read it in the audience of the people. And they said, oh, watch, this is very important. All that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. So he read the book. He took the blood, sprinkled it. Okay, took part of it, sprinkled it on the altar and took the book of the covenant and read the book of the covenant and read it. And the people said, all the Lord has said, we will do it. After they said that, we will do it and be obedient. And verse eight, Bible says, and Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord had made with you concerning these words. So there are two major elements, the words that were given them and the blood to seal the covenant. In those days, there must always be blood. Okay. It's always been like that. There must always be donation of blood that will bring about to enforce a covenant. So there must be a blood victim for a covenant to be initiated or in, 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 installed or instituted. So what they did was they killed that animal and used the blood, sprinkled it on the altar. And when the people said, yes, we are ready to obey God, sprinkled it on the people. By doing that, it was the enacting of a covenant between God and his people. They have said, we will obey you. We will obey you. So the law of Moses and the blood, and guess what? The difference is they were using the blood of bulls, the blood of goats, the blood of animals. So in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, it's the scriptures say that for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an hypha sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more the blood of Christ. So even that, the blood of animals was where the blood was accomplishing something to a certain extent. If we could do something, how much more the blood of Jesus? Now, blood speaks. Blood speaks. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 10, Bible says the blood of Abel was calling out for vengeance. But according to Hebrews, chapter 12, verse, I think, 22, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is asking for mercy, pleading for mercy. I think in Luke, Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Yeah, I think verse 34. Luke 23, 34, somewhere there. The, the blood of Jesus was pleading for mercy for the people. So when Jesus was being killed, he was asking for mercy for the people. Let me just, uh, just make sure I get it. Yeah, verse 34. Uh, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But Abel said, Father, avenge me. And when you read, uh, when you read hey, um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, and, uh, and, the, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkle, watch this, the, the blood of sprinkling, that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood was calling out for vengeance. The blood of Jesus was calling out for forgiveness. <laughs> Abel's blood was calling out for vengeance. Jesus' blood was calling out, was pleading for mercy and forgiveness. And he says that, watch this, uh, God elects us through his fall, according to his foreknowledge, through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. So the blood is like they sprinkled the blood. In the Old Testament, they had the blood of goats and the word of God. But in our in our times, we have the person of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he says that this is what 
leads to us being redeemed and being born again. It's called the blood of redemption. It's the blood of sprinkling. The blood of sprinkling. So Peter uses what they were doing in the Old Testament. And Jews understood that when the blood was sprinkled, it's reflected they are in covenant with God and they obey God's word. In the same way, say, we too, when we become born again, there's a sprinkling that has taken place. But this with the blood, blood of sprinkling, that speaks better things. It's the blood of Jesus, a precious blood of Jesus. It's the blood of redemption. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. It says that be having been forgiven by the blood of redemption or having been forgiven through the redemption that is in the blood. There's redemption in the blood. There's redemption in the blood. There's redemption in the blood. Is the blood of sprinkling. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 9, 8, 8, 18, 19, and 20. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 18, 19, and verse 20. It says that, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. You always needed blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to to all the people according to the law he took the blood of the calf and the, the blood of the cows and the and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people saying this is the blood of the testament which god had enjoined and joined unto you. So Moses would just apply the blood. Every time there was a covenant going to happen, a covenant was about to happen, Moses would, would, would uh, apply the blood. Chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, it says that, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. Oh my God, thank you. Sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Our hearts are sprinkled. Anytime you hear the word sprinkle, it's talking about the blood of the covenant. That redeems us, that sets us apart, that forgives us. So we watch this. We we used to he said, for you used to be like that, extortionists, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, uh, abusers of mankind, hate haters, uh, and all that. Said, but now you have been washed. Now you have been sanctified. Now the sanctification process of the Holy Spirit it also produces the sprinkling, obedience, and sprinkling of the blood. So when you now your obedience is the faith you bring to the table for your salvation. But as soon as you say, "I have faith in Jesus Christ," the blood sprinkles you. The blood redeems you. But before you can even say it, the Holy Spirit must work that sanctification, the desire in you, the blood, and then you say yes to Jesus in obedience, and the blood is activated. Hallelujah. The blood is activated to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, to, to redeem you. It's the blood of redemption. First Peter, we are in Peter. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 again. It says that, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received from your fathers, but with the precious blood, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. That is why he said we have come to the sprinkle, the blood of sprinkle. In, uh, in Hebrews chapter, chapter, chapter 12, verse 24, I read it earlier on. Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 24, it said, And to Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood, blood, the blood of sprinkling, that speaks better things than, than Abel. We have come, the blood is speaking for you. When you come into Christ, it's not about the things you did in the past. It's all about what he has done for you. And now you are about to walk in obedience. So he says that you have, we, we have been um, appointed. We have been elected. We have been chosen. This is very important. Let me just show you this scripture again, and then I'll bring it to a close. In uh, Titus chapter, chapter 2, verse 14. Titus chapter 2, 
verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquities and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. He, he gave himself that he might redeem us. We have come into redemption. But watch this, what he says. And purify us unto himself. Remember that word, a peculiar people. That phrase, a peculiar people, as I told you in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2, God said, I've set you aside a peculiar people for my for my for myself. Deuteronomy chapter um 7 verse 6, Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 18, all the same. I've set you aside. You are peculiar people for myself. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, you are peculiar people for myself. Then you come to First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Said, For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, here, he says we have been redeemed unto himself, a peculiar people. So, when he was saying that, you have been scattered all around. You are pilgrims. You are aliens. You, you don't fit in. They don't like you. They're persecuting you. But guess what? You have already been chosen by God based on his foreknowledge through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit unto obedience. So you are obeying God because you have already been predestined to obey God. You've been chosen to obey God and not just that. And you have been redeemed. You have been set aside as a peculiar person. So let me, let me finish the text. Been set aside as a peculiar person. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying, uh, sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. So after he gives the introduction, he said, this is the kind of people I'm, I'm about to address. He said, grace to you and peace. They are Siamese twins of the New Testament. Grace and peace. Read it everywhere. You see grace. It doesn't go peace and grace. Grace first and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Charis. Okay. Charis and peace. Shalom is the Hebrew word. Charis is the Greek word. All right. So grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. It said be multiplied to you. Grace and peace be multiplied. May you increase in grace. May you increase in peace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine people going through all the difficult challenges, trials, persecution, and he's telling them grace and peace be multiplied to you. May that be your testimony in the name of Jesus. So chosen of God, by, chosen by the foreknowledge of the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit unto obedience and the sp uh, uh, sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.